This is Bigger Pockets Daily. I'm Tyler, and today's article comes from the Bigger Pockets blog. Every day, I read a new article exploring a different aspect of real estate investing. If you consider yourself a multitasker, this is the perfect show for you. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Managing your finances used to be a pain. It was either useless apps or overcomplicated spreadsheets. Ugh. But now with Monarch Money, managing your money is easier than ever. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com bigger. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it easy to set up, customize, and use. You can even collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor at no extra cost to get a joint view of all your finances. Customize your dashboard, notifications, and budgets with a tap. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show right here will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com bigger. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com bigger for your extended 30-day free trial. Meet RentApp, the seamless, secure, free way to collect rent. Built by a team of fintech veterans behind Square and Cash App, RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit funds directly into your account. You don't even need to download anything. RentApp setup is straightforward for renters, and there are no apps for landlords to download. Both get peace of mind with a digital transaction history. That means no more lost checks, managing a dozen different payment apps, or even wondering whether payment was sent. Landlords say RentApp is the most convenient way to collect rent, and we think you'll agree. RentApp, the free and easy way to collect rent. Learn more at rent.app landlord. That's rent.app landlord. Do you know the fundamentals of zoning rules? Here's what you need to know. By Jay Chang. Embarking on a ground-up development project may seem like a monumental task, but the opportunity to build something entirely new makes it one of the most exhilarating ventures in real estate. But at the heart of any successful development analysis lies a thorough understanding of zoning. This guide will dissect the key facets, from general zoning classifications to intricate parameters such as height restrictions, setbacks, unit density, and 
the critical interplay of community incentives and neighborhood ordinances. General zoning. Decoding designations. All right, so zoning designations are slightly different in each city, but they do share some common ground. In the code like R3, the R means residential use, usually no offices or retail. The number three signals more density and height are allowed compared to, say, R2. Similarly, C means it's for commercial, and M is for manufacturing. These simple designations help us understand the basic rules of land use in any city. All right, let's take a look at zoning parameters real quick, just to look at some specific parameters, height restrictions, and FAR. Now, in most cities, there are designated areas for single-family homes, SFH, typically zoned as R1 or R2, where only single- or two-story structures are permitted. Multifamily buildings and taller structures are usually allowed in areas zoned as R3 or higher. For instance, in densely populated cities like New York, residential zones can go up to R10. Some zoning allows for unlimited stories, but in these cases, your building's height is constrained by the floor area ratio, FAR. FAR sets the limit on the total gross building area permitted. For example, if the zoning permits a 10,000-square-foot building based on the FAR and each floor covers about 2,000 square feet, you're restricted to constructing around five stories without surpassing the FAR limit. Now we take a look at setbacks. Zoning regulations use building setbacks, side, front, and rear distances, to shape urban structures. So by defining these setbacks, zoning codes balance land use efficiency with preserving the surrounding environment's character. Side setbacks maintain space between buildings, preventing congestion. Front setbacks enhance streetscapes, creating visual buffers and allowing space for trees and bike parking. Rear setbacks ensure privacy and outdoor space separation. Some urbanized cities in San Francisco and New York have no building setbacks, and you can build directly against the neighbor's property. On the other hand, Los Angeles requires at least 5 feet on the sides and 10 feet in the front and rear. Unit density. Unit density dictates the maximum number of residential units allowed in a given area. This restriction is a crucial aspect of urban planning, influencing the overall population density and character of a neighborhood. By setting specific limits on unit density, Zoning aims to balance the need for housing with considerations like infrastructure capacity, traffic flow, and the preservation of community aesthetics. These restrictions play a vital role in shaping the social and physical fabric of a locality, ensuring sustainable, harmonious development. Let's move on to incentivizing urban development through affordable housing. In transit-oriented neighborhoods, capitalizing on affordable housing initiatives strategically amplifies unit density, building height, FAR, and some other zoning parameters, thereby expanding the scope of your project. If your development lies within a half-mile radius of, say, a metro station, it's probable that established policies facilitate augmenting zoning parameters by allocating a specific percentage of units to affordable housing. For instance, Dictating 10% of your units to low-income housing might translate to a 40% increase in unit counts and a 50% rise in FAR, 
effectively allowing your project to grow by up to 50%. Even in the absence of pre-existing policies, proactive engagement with the city could result in negotiations for incentives. While not a buy-right entitlement, such negotiations are often successful due to the general municipal inclination toward fostering affordable housing. Moreover, state-level incentives may also be accessible to bolster your project's viability. Neighborhood Ordinances Harmonizing Community Values and Development Objectives In each neighborhood, the presence or absence of a neighborhood ordinance plays a pivotal role, serving as the regulatory backbone for urban development. Understand how these ordinances strike a balance between community interests and the imperative for progress, ensuring the evolution of neighborhoods aligns with their distinct character. Locating these ordinances isn't always straightforward. While some are conveniently accessible online, from sources like the zoning map or even the city's website, others necessitate direct contact with the city's planning staff. So the content of these ordinances does vary widely. Some may span just a few pages, delineating specifics like building height limitations or transitional requirements from single-family home lots. And in contrast, others might extend up to a few hundred pages, imposing detailed criteria encompassing design colors, historical features, shapes, and even materials. Remember, the lengthier the ordinance, the more time-consuming the approval process, necessitating careful consideration. By right versus discretionary review. Okay, let's take a look at these two uh, unfamiliar terms here. So in general, adhering to specified zoning parameters categorizes your project as by right, alleviating the need for discretionary reviews and neighborhood hearings by the planning department. However, exceptions exist and legal challenges may arise stemming from concerns like environmental, traffic, or even historical impacts. Interestingly, even if your project aligns with zoning parameters, larger developments may necessitate discretionary reviews imposed by the city. Notably, certain cities uniformly mandate discretionary reviews, even for a single-family home, a practice more prevalent in smaller cities. Meanwhile, discretionary review allows local authorities to scrutinize projects a little bit more closely. This in-depth examination considers a whole bunch of factors like community input, aesthetics, and even potential impacts on the neighborhood. Yeah, this process does ensure a tailored approach to each project. It also introduces a whole bunch of complexity as decisions may involve negotiations and even public hearings. So discretionary review serves as kind of a mechanism for municipalities to balance the need for development with the preservation of community interests and character. Some final thoughts? While this podcast by no means encompasses the entirety of the intricate, ever-evolving subject of zoning, <laughs> we'll discuss that in a coming article podcast. In the meantime, I encourage you to share your questions or additional insights in the comments section inside this article at biggerpockets.com. We'd love to hear from you. I hope you found this article helpful. Now what I want you to know is, have you joined the Bigger Pockets community yet? Bigger Pockets is your complete resource for learning and succeeding in real estate investing. Avoid mistakes, get advice, and stay motivated by tapping in to the collective knowledge of over 2 million members. What are you waiting for? 
Visit biggerpockets.com slash sign up and join us. I'll see you all on the Bigger Pockets forums and tomorrow right back here on Bigger Pockets Daily. Peace out.